You have found the Redhead Family Therapy Guy and a Mike podcast, looking at mental health through a pop culture lens. All right, you're back with us. This is the Redhead Family Therapy Guy and a Mike, and we're doing a podcast and we're doing a special one. Mm -hmm. We're back to the interview series and we have probably the most special guest that we could ever have. (laughs) She is special. Thanks a lot, Mike. She's very you're special. you're welcome. I well, I mean Heather's gonna be my spell yeah, most special. You can say but Heather when it's but you time. are special too, Nicola. <laughs> so we've got Nicola Morgan, who happens to be the um the upper echelon, the upper tier half of the marriage relationship in the Morgan household. So, I'm excited to do yeah. an interview. We talked about having our wives on for like ever. Like and a year we just, ago. I know. That's pretty early on we talked about <laughs> doing it. this. So I'm really excited. And we just haven't done an interview for a long time. So it's kind of cool. Oh, no. Eden's calling us, Nicola. You should uh, message her. But um, yeah, so Exciting. we've got Nicola. Eden Morgan. is John's daughter. Yes. She is a missionary. Because I'm too lazy church. to edit that out just to give people context. Yes. <laughs> she is a missionary for our church and she's in. Uh, Santiago, Chile, and she's trying to video call us, but she's going to have to be not received at the moment. <laughs> All right. You well, you still love her dearly. We do. We love her dearly. And I'm excited <laughs> to dig in and have this interview. And then Nicola has selected for her movie discussion choice, Stepmom. So that's yeah. going to be a great discussion. Which is so, 90s, right? I can't, 98. I, I thought, oh, 98. Thank you. I, I thought I wrote it down and I didn't. 98. That's right. So thanks, Nicola, for joining us. This is awesome. Thanks for having me. So I'll start with some questions. So one question, I have a couple of big, I guess, kind of in my mind, they're like bigger picture questions. Um, And one of them is for you to share your perspective of meeting John and how that went down. But before you go there, because we've heard John's in his interview Mm-hmm. And, you know, we just need to make sure there's some accuracy to his statements. But before we go there, 100% I accurate. do, do <laughs> want to hear from you. Um, tell us a little about a little bit about like growing up. So where did you grow up um, uh, and and what was growing up like? I mean, I know that's real general. You don't have to go into a ton of detail, but kind of just give us an idea of of you as little Nicola. Little Nicola. Yes. I am still little. This is so. true. She's a little lady <laughs> you and my with a lens. Both. <laughs> that was her that was your blog post, wasn't it? Your blog when you used to blog your uh, your photo little lady your photography. With lens. Little lady with a lens dot blog post or something. I think you, know. you I think you came up with that. Blog spot. Um yeah, I was born in England. Um and I lived there till I was about ten and a half, a little over there, um, almost eleven. And when we moved to the States, we moved to New Jersey. Um, so, and I grew up in New Jersey until I graduated high school. Um, my childhood in England, um, living did, in Sheffield. Why did you move from England to the United States? I don't know if I've ever asked you that. she had to meet John, me. I'm Are you being interviewed? Her. No, I'm just saying, like, I wouldn't have met her if she oh. didn't move to the States. Oh, that's right. Okay. Back to Nicola. Um, so my dad, he, um, got a better, he got a job offer from, with a company that he like associated with, with his 
current job at the time. Um, cool. And so, yeah, I remember the day he came, he came home from work and gathered us all in the living room. And he said, obviously, he had talked to my mom beforehand. Well, I assume he did. But um, he said, how do you guys feel about moving to America? And we were like, <laughs> ooh, America. That's a we far were like, way away. Yeah. <laughs> Without realizing what that all meant at the time, you know, oh, leaving our family behind. And I know our grandparents were really... Um, really sad about that um didn't your didn't your mom get like blacklisted by your grandpa i don't think she got like blacklisted i i think it was they weren't very happy about it they didn't get like birthday cards anymore Mm. it was a little bit of that like i think he was hurt like at that point in time we were well we we had been the only grandchildren until Mm -hmm. july of that year and so we moved in november and so um uh, you know, that was, that was everything to him. You know, she was taking yeah. away his grandkids. And so, um, you know, that was, that was a hard transition for everyone. I think it would, the biggest was the, the culture shock was, um, school and then food. What um, was a culture shock with school? Tell me, I, I guess what, um, never... the, the biggest thing that, that sticks out to me is that I felt like the children were very disrespectful to their teachers. Mm. Yeah, I was like, I remember there was one day one of the kids talked back to the teacher, and I was like, "Oh, oh my no. gosh!" Did you and say? Did you say what age happened. you were? Uh, yeah, I was ten. You were ten, okay. And, so and like nothing fifth, happened, fifth, and I was fifth, like, "Yeah, it was fifth grade," and I was like, "He didn't, he didn't get in trouble. Like the teacher's just <laughs> continuing the talk. What's going on?" Um. So yeah. Um. And then the they lawlessness just lawlessness of America. They, I know the wild Rebels. west, man. <laughs> the wild west in New Jersey, <laughs> more west. Um, so that that was a big thing, you know. Um, what they were learning in school was different too. Like I remember, especially, I think it was a little bit easier for me being in uh, the last year of elementary school. But um, I know for my sister, um, when we moved here, she was in seventh grade, mm-hmm. and she really struggled with math because, you know. You were just learning different things at different times. And yeah. so stuff that they were doing was based on something that she hadn't been taught yet or maybe was just getting into. and Or maybe even taught you know, differently. The other way around. Probably. Yeah. And so yeah. Um, she she struggled to catch up. And, and that was different for me, too. Like, I remember, um, like, not knowing all my times tables yet. and mm-hmm. But, like, they were doing stuff that, you know, they had already learned it. And so I was like, uh... What about you know, what about when you first learned about American history or the war? That was interesting. Of so one of around. one of the first history classes I remember having, or like social studies, was learning about the Tea Party, and they uh-huh. were all like, "Oh, what do you think?" And I was like, "I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, I never heard about the Tea Party ever in my life." Why at that would you? Point. And I was like. I don't know what's going on. Like, I don't even think I knew about the Revolutionary War at that point. Yeah, why would, well, why would they teach it? Like, why well, I'm would... sure they do at some point, but maybe not at sure. 10 years old. Like, they're focusing on something else, right? Yeah. And so I was like, what, what happened? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was very different, for sure. And, and then the food, everything was just so much sweeter. It was just like sugar, 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 yeah. sugar, sugar, and everything. That's fascinating. Yeah, I would think food would would probably be a big difference. Well, I, I've never been to group, England, right? so I'm not sure. But yeah, I would think. I feel like yeah. anytime I've worked with people who have come here from another country, they always say the food here is a lot well, 
I remember when <laughs> when Nick and I got married and we went back um, for our honeymoon to the UK. I remember that like her like introducing me to all like the childhood sweets because that's such a thing like at age 10. You know what I mean? It was yeah. such a big deal for her to like introduce me to all the sweets and like snacks. And I still to this day. Candy love, is very nostalgic. Um, is there a I certain candy, Nicola, that it was your favorite oh, that yeah. they don't have here? In, in yeah, in, I really like I flakes. I mean, Cadbury's like so chocolate is just better in England anyway, generally speaking. I've heard that um, from numerous people. Do you can you express like what's different? I, I don't think I've ever had chocolate, it just is like it's a different cocoa and bin. smoother, like the texture. Somebody told me this once, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is true, but somebody told me that like the cocoa beans supplied in england come from africa and in america it comes from south america that could be total nonsense but the the texture is a bit different and then just the the you know the the creaminess like it it just it's like the food in general is more bland and so when they do the sweets it's like it's extra special you know whereas in america it's just like in general everything is kind of sugary and so i don't know (laughs) i remember the big things that we bought a lot were root beer like you don't get root beer in england and um many marshmallows like marshmallows in england are considered like a candy like you would buy in a little package you know maybe different colored like marshmallows uh-huh. but in america it's just like in the grocery store with like yeah all the baking products and you're uh-huh. like have, you can have marshmallows whenever <laughs> you want <laughs> and I, I think i've never seen many marshmallows. one of the food groups <laughs> <laughs> it just come by the bag but you can get huge. Tell ones. them, tell them what, why wait, root real beer, quick. What are on, tell them why root beer is uh, is not like a thing? I don't know. I mean, they have soda over there that we don't over here. No, I thought yeah. you said that root beer was used in like medicine flavors. Like no, medicine. um, there's there's a like an ointment, like a cream that smells like root beer, and so I know for my mom in particular, she was like for a while off she, by it. Yeah, she's like, yeah. I can't drink that. It smells like. Tastes medicine. like medicine smells, but we we didn't feel that way. We were just uh, like, okay. It was your mom, okay. Yeah, yeah. Kids just smell something sweet, and they're like, "Yep, it's it's going down." But Michael was asking about flakes. <laughs> oh yeah, what are flakes? You said flakes. So what? it's I just think of frosted flakes. It's like it it looks like a like a stick, you know, like mm-hmm. almost like a little mini chocolate log, and it but it's like ribbons of like chocolate folded in on each other, and it's very flaky and crumbly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That and their Milky Way's like what is it? Isn't like Milky Way a Snicker or a Three Musketeers? Oh, uh, so in England, um, yeah, uh, a Milky Way in America is what you would call a Mars bar in England, and a Milky Way in England is more like what a Three Musketeers is here. Yeah. That's oh, what it was. crazy. Yeah. So it's like marketing is like different. Yeah. Do, different things. So then, at age ten, is that right? Mm-hmm. You move and your dad, what did your dad do that moved him to the he, U.S.? So he was like a computer programmer mm-hmm. and he worked a lot um, with equipment um, in the medical field, like uh, cool for hospitals. Mm-hmm. And so the company he worked for was uh, called Biotest. I don't know if they're still around um, in Danville, New Jersey. So... I don't know too many details because I probably didn't 
ask a lot. Yeah, at especially age, at that age, right? Yeah. So Nicola, what was one of your, like, so the food and like school you remember, what was one of the things, and like the disrespect of like American children to teachers, what was one of the other things just like in the community? Because like Northern New Jersey is different than lots of places in America, but what about Northern New Jersey struck you as like foreign or really fascinating as you came to the States? Like, was it the way houses or like the layout? Houses are very different. I mean, I don't know. It was, it was just all different. Like we. Your house probably was huge compared to what you lived in England, huh? The first year that we lived in New Jersey, we rented a furnished house until mm-hmm. my parents, you know, were like able on to... on a lake, right? Wasn't it? And it was on a lake. So probably my first impression was like, you know, Americans are bougie. Yeah, well, <laughs> I remember this. So, of course, this is back in 1990. So, you know, a little bit of perspective. But I remember my mom, like, making a big deal about how the house... Like, so he his house was on the market and he was renting it until he could sell it, essentially. And so we okay. were renting it. And he had it on the market for, um, I remember my mom just saying, a quarter of a million dollars. And we were like, (laughs) it seemed like so much money. Um, And I don't remember how much my parents sold their house. But I know, I mean, obviously there's an exchange rate between pounds and dollars. It was a lot less. And so, but yeah, it was, it was like a, it had a, a furnished basement, a main level, and then upstairs there was just two bedrooms and a bathroom. Was it like over three thousand square feet? I don't it know. Must have been. You're asking. I don't know. You're asking ten year old Nicola. I don't yeah. know. When I was ten, I didn't even know what square foot was. But it must have <laughs> felt like a mansion. Like it must have felt. Like um, a it didn't. I don't remember feeling like this is a mansion. Oh, okay. I mean, it was different. But being but on it, the lake, and I mean, that must have been. I, I, I would. That feel was like the as most exciting part because be we moved awesome. there in November, and like. I don't know if it was right after we moved there or if it was already like, I feel like it was already like that, but it might have been a little bit after that the lake was frozen. And he, he had like a, he was like, it was on the lake. Like he had a boat house. Cool. And so he had a bunch, he had this, you know, big box of uh, ice skates. Ice skates. And so yeah. we just found a pair that kind of fit as best. And that, I think it was my first time oh, ever fun. ice skating, which skating on a lake is quite different. It is not smooth. There's yeah, like I all bet. kinds That's of like crunchy. bumps and bruises. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we thought like this is the most amazing thing. Like we're ice skating on a lake. And then in, in the America. summer, they, he had a canoe and like we couldn't use his motorized boat, but we were allowed to use the canoe. And that was, you know, like lake. So it was on Lake Opacon, which it's is beautiful. It's so um, the thing. largest lake in New Jersey. Like oh, the circumference, wow. the circumference is like 54 miles long, or at least that's wow. what I was told. And well, and like end to end is probably like nine miles long. Like it's wow, it's, that's awesome. Well, and it's North, right on like the Appalachians, so it's yeah, like hilly cool. and trees. I mean, it's yeah, not the, typically what you think of when you think of New Jersey. Yeah, northwestern New Jersey, which is where she was at. The very northwestern corner up there is it's gorgeous. Like it's it's not what you think of when you think of New Jersey at all. It's a, yeah, people would be like, Oh, New Jersey. And I didn't I know what they were talking about city, until I went to like no, college. Yeah, and very it was rural. like I was by Philadelphia. And so I got to see more of like what other people thought of, like Camden, mm-hmm. New Jersey. And I was like, Oh, it's disgusting down here. <laughs> <laughs> but where I grew up was absolutely gorgeous. It's like beautiful. we were just at the very northern part of Morris County, like the bottom of Sussex County. And it was just, it was gorgeous. Like in high school, we went rock climbing after high school. Like, That's cool. you know, it was 
it was it was yeah, great. It's very Appalachian. So, how, how long did you live in that that house on the lake? Just a just a year. Okay, and then and, but my you stayed in New Jersey though. We did. We we stayed in the same town and everything. Cool. So we were we were maybe like I don't know ten minutes from where we had been living. So we we were in the same school system and we could still see the lake from our new house. We just weren't on the lake. Um, it yeah, was 10 like minutes doesn't seem away. too like, far, we especially look for out, that big of a lake. look out my living room window and still see, see the That's lake. That's cool. Yeah. And so then you so then you stayed, that was your house until like college? I, or? Yeah, I went to, I graduated high school in 98 and then, you know, went to college just outside of Philadelphia. And so um, not long after that, uh, uh, my my parents like split up and they um lost the house and everything so um, oh, okay they didn't they didn't end up staying there um where do they live now oh my mom is in knoxville oh and that's right my dad um after my parents so they separated then uh like i was like a senior in high school maybe but they didn't uh, i mean maybe a junior junior or senior in high school but they didn't get divorced until 2000 and so after that my dad went back um to the uk for a while he's now he's in wales which oh, okay. i guess is still the uk but it's not you know it's not england yeah it's a different it's united kingdom but it's not the same country as england right. is that correct okay yeah so then what types of things did you do in high school like did you do any extracurricular activities or, or i was played it really field hockey school? oh um, cool all four years and uh, i did choir and chamber choir which I think a lot of other schools might call it a touring choir, but chamber choir. So then field hockey is, uh, there's two that I always get get confused or mixed up, right? Isn't there's field hockey. And then what's the other one? I think about lacrosse. Lacrosse. How are, what are, what are, which one is field hockey? Field hockey is on the ground. And lacrosse, I didn't, I didn't play lacrosse, but it's like the, right. the basket yeah, where, where it's you like, like throw being thrown the in the air and you're running with it in your like... Um, in the net thing. Yeah. Whereas field hockey, it's just like ice hockey, but it's on grass. You know, the, obviously it's it's a ball instead of a puck. Um, and the yeah. the sticks are, they're, sh- they're shorter. The, the end of it is just like this little curved wow. one. You like Do you sure. wear padding like you, you would no, in ice hockey no no you're not physical at all okay. you're, you're not like checking people so it's more like you wear kills more like soccer where you're not so- yeah it's very much them. like soccer they have the same positions and everything just the Some the net is a lot smaller yeah so mm-hmm. then do you wear underwear underneath your kilts yeah we wore like yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, i don't no, think they, they do right I they went commando isn't, isn't that the thing like they don't wear they wore, just, what are the old well, underwear that would go to your kilt, knees back in the day in high school sports we were not but it is high school people. too like anything goes in high school i was just curious <laughs> i didn't know of anybody I'm sure, that i'm sure the high school boys off. hoped that all the girls were going commando no we we had underwear on and i i mean i'm pretty sure we wore like you know, shorts underneath. Yeah, you guys. I know the girls anyway. in our high school did. All the hot girls played um, uh, field hockey in our high school. Cute hot girls. Cool. So, Nicola. <laughs> so tell us. So high school was field hockey, and then you say it was. You said choir, right? Uh-huh. And did you say? Did you do an instrument? Also, did you say orchestra or did you just say choir? 
Just choir. So it was field hockey choir. And then field hockey choir ended, or did you continue to do that as like a club sport or at college afterwards? Did you no, continue I didn't either do it. of those? No. So mm-hmm. then tell us about college. You mentioned that. What did you go to college for and and where did you go? So I um I for the longest time I wanted to be a teacher and then it's my last year of school before you like apply to colleges. Mm-hmm. I was working at a dental office. Um I kind of did a bit of everything. I did filing. I called patients. I cleaned instruments. I cleaned rooms. I assisted a couple times here and there if cool. you know they needed me to. I don't think I knew that you wanted to be a teacher before you went into dental hygiene. I don't think I knew that. Well, now you know. Kind of ironic that I became a homeschooling mom. You are yeah. a teacher now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, so I became really good friends with the hygienist there. Um, she's kind of like a big sister to me. We end up becoming really close. And um, what was she her said, name? Wendy. Wendy. She's a dentist now. She's oh, she cool. And became Good a dentist. She has her own, own practice. Very successful. Um, and she ended up being one of my bridesmaid bridesmaids at our oh, wedding too. Awesome. Um, her and her fiance at the time. Um, they weren't married at the time. Huey. They were. They were just really good to me. It was really good for me at that point in my life just to have them there. They had. They had a cabin on a lake in Pennsylvania, Lake Wallen Palpuck. And they would invite me to come up every once in a while and, you know, go tubing and and this and was kind of forgive me, this was during high school or after yes, high school? During, during high, high school. school. Okay. Yeah. And so she she said, Have you ever thought about going into dental hygiene? And I was like, No. And she's like, You should consider it. She said it's only two years of school. And she's like, and you get paid a ton. <laughs> and you can like the dentist let you be really flexible with your schedule. You can essentially say, I'm willing to work these hours. She's like, it just might be something worth looking into. And I was like, only two years of school, which, you know, as a <laughs> senior, you're like, money. I want to do no more school <laughs> <Yeah>. ever again. <laughs> and lots of money. And and ultimately, I wanted to be a mom. And so the idea of doing something that could bring in good money and I could sure. have a flexible schedule with, I was like, so I looked Sign into it and I was yeah. like, okay. And so she went to, she went to a community college that she lived by. And so mm-hmm. the plan was like, apply to this community college. You can live at our house for like really cheap rent. Um, and then I can like help you with school because it's the same program she went to. Yeah. Um, and I, and, and I was like, okay, that totally makes sense. You know, like let's do that. And, and of course you have a backup school because everyone says you should have a backup school. So I also applied to Harcum College, which I knew nothing about. I, I knew it was in Pennsylvania and and it was just like, okay, let's apply somewhere Where was else the too. first one you applied to? It was, was also in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania okay. but it was North Pennsylvania. Like it was North, North, North yeah. <clears throat> what do you oh, remember okay. the name of the school, sweetie? Northampton Community College, I think is what uh, it was called. Okay. Yeah. So um so I ended up getting put on the wait list. So dental hygiene is mm-hmm. really competitive. competitive and yeah. I got put on a wait list for the community college and I was devastated because I was like, that was my plan. Like this is how plan. I was gonna be able to afford to go to yeah. school. You know, well it was kind of tricky, like because my parents had split up, like the financial aid thing was like really hairy like getting sure. aid because they were separated so there was more expense but like they weren't legally separated so it didn't look like they uh, i just remember i think it was like the week before i went to college i still had not 
gotten any financial aid for anything. And I was like, oh, what am I going to do? But so, but the ironic thing is Harkham gave me a scholarship to go there. That's and awesome. they were a better school. Like their practicum was done at UPenn, UPenn uh, yeah. University, not UPenn, University of Pennsylvania Dental That's School. UPenn. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And so, so were you still able to live with Wendy? Then? No. No, oh, you weren't able to. Okay. Hours away. Yeah, it was like three hours away from her. But the caveat is we never would have met. <laughs> we never would have met if, if I hadn't gone, gone, gone there. there school. So, so I think so. now we have to hear your side, Nicola, so that we can we can understand if John embellished a little bit or not. John so embellishes everything he talks about. <laughs> Anything. As part of his, as part of the beauty of his personality is it he's a passionate fun. person. Yes, it is. Fun. <laughs> passionate or embellishment? Which did I I think well, I about both. depends how you want to spin it. <laughs> <laughs> well, contradiction. It's funny. John John will tell me information and I'm really good with like details, right? Like John is big uh, picture, I'm details and especially when it comes to numbers. Like, I remember numbers. And he'll be like, oh, this happened, and it cost this amount of money, and it was for this many years. And I'm like, okay. And then he'll be, like, retelling the scenario to someone else. And he'll give, like, different numbers and figure, like, he'll just nah. throw something else out there. <laughs> nah. I'm like, no, 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 it was this. And he was like, no, 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 it was this. I'm like, you told me three days ago that it was this nah. amount. And he was like, uh, yeah, I don't know, maybe. And then they'll like keep going. Like, that is that is the classic <laughs> John answer. It was like fifteen hundred dollars. You know, it was about two thousand. It was like twenty two, twenty five hundred dollars. I'm like, Not which important. is it really? Yeah. Not important. Numbers for John. Yeah, a lot of times, right, John? A lot of times, those types of information are just like, yeah, the roundabout. It was something like yeah. that. Round around. So round tell about. tell us, Nicola. What happened? Like, how did you meet John? What was this love at first so, sight, or was this like it was uh, not? It was not love at first sight. John says it was out. for him. Dude, she was glowing. She was I, glowing. I have a really she was hard time angel. with John's story because I'm like, she does. It's nonsense, but it's if true. What you said is true about how you felt when you first saw yes. me, and and of course he has a retort My life to this. Changed forever. Why did it take you six months to ask me out on a date? Oh man. <laughs> It's on like it John rebuttal. Doesn't make sense. John's rebuttal. <laughs> I'll tell is, you why. I'll tell you I'll tell, why. Because I'll the tell first. You why. I want to hear. I want to hear Nicola. I want to hear the Nicola. first time I talked to <laughs> her. At a church interview, a church activity, she like didn't even look at me when I'm like trying to talk to her because I thought she was all cute. But she was hot. glowing. Why would it matter? She was, she was glowing, glowing when I first exactly. laid my eyes upon exactly, her at church. Michael. But then I'm like engaging her, and she was like dating a guy, and I was like, oh, she's taken. Yeah. Well, I wasn't the competitive type, but sorry. So, so my perspective, um, I think I I just come back from Christmas break. Uh huh. And he was. Oh wait, giving... sorry. Give me context here. So, where are you guys? Like, okay, where is so, this? Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. So we are at church, mm-hmm. um, and it's the Philadelphia Singles Ward. So it's just okay. a congregation made up of single people, ages eighteen to thirty. Mm-hmm. And. Um, so this was my second year of college and Ooh, so you're almost it, done. Yeah. It was January. I was graduating in May. So um I came back from Christmas break and he was giving his homecoming talk from coming back from his mission. Mm-hmm. Um he because he's a convert to the church, he didn't have like a family ward that he went and gave a homecoming talk. So he gave it in the singles ward, which is 
where you left from, right? Like you left. Yeah, from I was on Lord. my mission cool. from the Samus Lord. Yeah. Um, which is a little Ooh. bit unique, you know. It's yeah, not that is really unique because mm-hmm. I knew, and like nobody was left. There was like two people left. Yeah, over. it doesn't happen often that way. No. Yeah, John's was the only missionary plaque on the wall. <laughs> Ever. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> he's a redhead. They're like pretty much only one. So, board. so he came, so he gave life. this talk and it was really good. I was like, this guy is throwing it down. And I took notes like on the program. Like, uh-huh. I took notes. And I just was really impressed by the things he talked about, you know. And um, and so afterwards I went up and there was like a whole line of 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 sisters like waiting to shake his hand and so he i is, got in line john is who's embellishing now john is who's a great speaker i was not embellishing and so john is a very good speaker and so i i shook his hand i just told him i appreciated his talk and it was really good and, and that was kind of okay so that was kind of it for a while so this was in january and he didn't ask you out until six months later no, I I totally did try to talk no. to her. Like, I did totally well, try to talk to her, but she was dating a guy. Come on, be honest. So you remember talking to me at that at that activity? I was I was dating someone until John. about March, and uh-huh. then in March is when John, oh, okay, John, my husband John and I actually hung out for the first time. So, yeah. um, there was a bunch of us going bowling. It was um, your birthday? It happened to be my birthday, but I don't remember that we were going bowling because it was my birthday. I think it that's just what I was to told. Be... That's what Mark and Rob told me. It was like, yeah, oh, we're okay. taking Nicola out bowling because it's her birthday. But you got to tell the you were celebrated. Story. You got to so tell, the... tell your tell your story. Well, don't you don't you don't remember it? Well, we've it's talked about our it a story. Times. Of course, I remember it. It's not my story. So you, Nicola, so... continue on. So you're going bowling, and you're so not really aware bowling. of. If it's for my birthday, but a, it is your birthday. It is my birthday. Okay. There's, there's a, so Mark and Rob, who John referenced, were my home teachers, but they were also good friends. Like we became really good friends with them. And my best friend, Tamara, um, she, you know, she was there. And so um, there was a whole bunch of us hanging out. And we talked a lot. Like we talked a lot bowling. during the mm-hmm. bowling. Like I remember that's when John told me about his mom and how she had uh, breast cancer. She had gotten breast cancer while he was on his mission and stuff. And, our stories, I, our stories, really similar. Like both of our parents divorcing our senior year in high school. I think I shared family some problems stuff about, were similar. Yeah, like some of the stuff with and my this dad. Is, and this is you hanging out. This isn't like an actual date. You just happen right. to this both is just be a bunch there. Of yeah, yeah, group, yeah, yeah. group, group of youth or you know young adults. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. yeah. And then after bowling, we decided to go over to um, like a, some of the girls like shared an apartment together, and so Yolanda, we were all going to go right. over there and hang out. You'll and this place. so my best friend, Tamara, John, and then the one guy, Mark, we all went to the grocery store to pick up some ice cream mm-hmm. to take back to this apartment. And I think so. John asked, like, what my favorite flavor was, which was mm-hmm. mint chocolate chip. It still is. And Mark was like, yeah, I don't want that flavor. So he went to buy something else. And so John's you know, experience, obviously I didn't know this at the time was like, like it's her birthday, dude. Like let's get the flavor ice cream that the birthday girl wants. And so he felt bad for me. And so he was like, well, I'm going to buy the mint chocolate ice cream. Cause it was my birthday. Um, and then he later told me, I think you, you told me this after we were married that like, you know, because he was 
just so getting his feet wet coming poor. back from his mission. Like he was really poor. He was like, please don't let this. I think like, I had like 10 bucks in the bank. Yeah. Like bounce when I'm I like, like pay for this. Don't ice reject cream. my car. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, and then we went back. And it was the best the investment you ever made. That's right. Yeah. And then I think a month later, um, we, hung we, out. we hung out. So cool. Was it then? Yeah. So we were, we were at uh, was church. Like in April. Mm-hmm. We are, our first it was, date, it was, date April. was like in June. Did you see each other at all then? Like you would, yeah, like a church. Show okay. Time. Oh, like family home evening group. Sure, you know, but no dates church. or anything. No, like no, that. no. John okay. dated quite a few people. Oh, John. <laughs> John. And so got around. So we were talking after church one day, and he came up to my friend Tamara and I, mm-hmm. and he. He's like, hey, he's like, so what do you guys normally do on a Sunday? And so I'm totally oblivious that that's apparently supposed to be a I way to the try other and way, I think the other thing you could say is I was totally uninterested. I think it's another way to say that I was oblivious, maybe. <laughs> no, because you weren't like, hey, can I hang out with you? Like, I'm a fairly chill. direct person. And so so I like went through like this routine of like what we usually did on Sundays. <laughs> And then I look at my friend Tamara and she looks at me like, and I was like, oh, I'm like, do you want to come hang out with us? And he was like, sure. (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. So he hung out with my friend Tamara and I, I think we went to the cafeteria and got some dinner and then, and then we went back to my apartment. I watched a movie. I think we watched a movie. What school was the, or was it just a cafeteria at Harkham? It was like, yeah, it was at the school. Okay. Yeah. 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 Is that the same day that we went to the park and you, yeah, we did all that. We did all that. We were like, hey, let's go to the park because it was like Uh a nice day. And he picks off this book off my shelf of like poetry, like love poems. He's like, Uh we'll bring this. <laughs> I don't even. I don't. Even, did you even read from it? I don't even remember. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember reading. From and it. so we hung out there, and um, I don't remember all the details. Maybe we we watched a movie. We put like a movie, in and like Tamara was like, "I'm the third wheel," and like took off. Oh, did she? She gave you yeah. guys your time. But then we didn't like. We didn't like. Oh, I think that's what it was. Like you, you went out of town for some work things, and then, and then you I went, out of went town home for because my wedding. one of my best friends was getting married. married yeah. How did and, how did John propose? Oh, jumping ahead in the story. Well, I just like to get to the nitty gritties. It's exciting. Get to the nitty The nitties. Um. So John had been gone all summer. So after we dated for like a week, and then mm-hmm. he went to uh, BYU when they had their open summer sessions, and so oh, okay. he was gone for like two months. And so we just um we emailed. And I think once a week we would talk on like Sundays, maybe with a calling card. It's like yep. <laughs> before anyone had cell phones. It's like I got my my sprint calling card, 10 I got cents my a minute. It's a good deal. <laughs> and um, but we would email every day. And I, I kept all those emails. I have them in a big binder. But oh, um, that's so cool. that's really cool. So he was gone the whole summer. And so we it's actually really good because we developed like a more spiritual and intellectual relationship versus Mm -hmm. you know there being any like you know physical stuff getting in the way like it just was like you know because nicola couldn't keep her dang hands off me so we had to like get a little bit of physical distance (laughs) how the times have changed now john (laughs) how the tables have turned nicola (laughs) (laughs) played that totally wrong (laughs) the turntables 
Um, yeah. So, uh, so he came back. No, yeah. uh, no, August 11th. Mm-hmm. Was it Whoa. that night or the next day? It was either that night or the next day we went to a Counting Crows next live day. live concert with cool. band, my friend the and then the, the guy life. she was um, dating at the time, Jason. Jason Lee. We, did a, lot of, we did a lot of travel. We went to Boston. We went, went camping to together beach, with them. Went to the camp and we did a lot of fun stuff. Um, and so, so we spent every single day together from August 11th and Till we got married, but September 30th. So, mm-hmm. like a month and a half after we were together, he proposed. So, his grandparents, it was their 50th wedding anniversary down in North Carolina. Uh-huh. And so, his brother, who was married at the time, they'd been married like two years, I think, at that point. A couple point. Of years, yeah, something like that. Um, they, they drove, they picked John and I up, and then we all four of us drove down to North Carolina. Yeah. And then the one day John like borrowed his grandpa's car and we we just went down to the the town like New Bern. You weren't expecting it until No, at that point we had like looked at rings already, so I didn't know when it was coming, but I knew So it was serious. You both I had knew, had discussions. Yeah, yeah we yeah, talked about talked wanting about. to get married and stuff, yeah. And so we we went and we looked at this quilting store. I think we brought Maybe bought some fabric there. I can't remember. We bought the wooden fish. The Jesus so by fish. now John had a little more than ten dollars in his account. No well, problem. No, maybe not, not after the ring. He worked but... for an AmeriCorps program for city years, so oh, he did right. not get paid good. much of anything. I think I made like sure. nineteen thousand dollars. I think it was year. like twenty grand a year. Yeah. yeah, and then you get an education stipend at the end. Yeah. So yeah. was not making much, but um, so. We he took me to the edge of the water. There was there's a gazebo there now. There wasn't when he proposed. It's like a park. It's like the it was like a park at the edge of the water, the Noose River. Yeah, it was on the banks of the Noose River. And so we were just sitting there looking at the water, and then all of a sudden he like got down on one knee in front of me. He says that Uh I like threw my arms around him before he even like opened the box. But I don't know if that's true or not. You were checking out. You think you checked out the ring? You picked it out. She didn't even realize that, like, we weren't looking at rings, and she picked out the ring, and and she didn't even know that, like, I bought it that night. That's awesome. There. Yeah. So. Um, and the the rest is history. Yeah. So September thirtieth, and then we were married December sixteenth. So that's pretty awesome. Pretty, pretty quick. quick. And now it's been we're coming up on uh, 20, this December will be twenty two years. Two years. Yeah. That's so cool. Six yeah. kids later. Man. So you had like a Christmas wedding, kind of, almost. Yeah, like a winter wedding, winter winterland. We freezing. We had a Halloween wedding. We were October thirtieth. Oh, Oh. (laughs) coming up on it. Okay, so I think that's all my questions. Yeah. What else? Do you have any questions, or do we want to talk about? No, my wife pretty well. So (laughs) what? Um. What do you think it was, Nicola, that most made you susceptible to the affirmation of yes to the will you marry me question? What do you think you wanted to do? (laughs) Such a weird way to ask that question. (laughs) 
Uh, why did you say yes? Is that what you're asking, John? <laughs> like, what do you think it was that? Uh, what made me susceptible you? to the affirmation of the yes to the question of what? Sometimes John is it. so smart, I can't follow either. Why what did I say yes? Because I loved it? you. You were good. You were just, you were good. I felt good around you. I felt like you were a good human being. I felt like you were very spiritual and that, you know, I think. I guess I can't speak for all women. Maybe that's not fair, but I think something, I think one of the reasons. Well, you say it, you say whatever you want. We we <laughs> love it. This is our podcast. Yeah. Um, I think there is this internal, like, and maybe it's not even conscious, but like women look for people that feel that they feel like are going to be a good provider. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and not that you have to stick to, you know, a certain gender role. Like, obviously, there's plenty of women that work sure. and that's totally fine. But that there's this, you know, internal thing like, are you going to be somebody that's going to support my family? So, you know, keep me safe, like all of those things. And so having somebody that is just good to the core and for me, at least uh, having someone that um, is like on the ball spiritually, you know, that was really important to me. Um, like is what attracted me so much to John. Like he's just, when he speaks about those things is just really powerful. And, um, you know, one of the things that draws me to John is that he is somebody that honors truth and seeks truth, you know, and sure he might get things wrong, but like he's always, he's always, (laughs) (laughs) He's always self-assessing, like, you know, and trying to make himself a better person like that. That is a great quality to have. Like, he's he's not content to just stay where he's at. Like, he's always wanting to be better. That was a really nice thing to say about John. I thought thought you were just going to say he bought you mint chocolate. Big ring. Oh, the ice cream was the skater. <laughs> Nick, did you ever think, like, when you were at college or whatever, did you ever think that you'd end up back towards the UK, or did you did you for, no. figure that you'd just be an American for the rest of your no? For the longest time, I felt like homesick, like I missed that, you mm. know. Um, and then I don't know. I'm trying to think at what point it shifted. It maybe was like towards the end of high school, a beginning of college, where. I realized that, like, I mean, and of course it's different because I was a child when I was in England, but sure. that I loved, um, like, everything that, you know, I mean, not necessarily what America does, but what it stands for, like the ideals mm-hmm. and principles that it the country is founded upon and that people gave their lives for. And it had been a good home. Like, I've had good experiences here and. And so, um, I don't know if it maybe was more solidified when we went back for our honeymoon and I missed family and it was good being there with them. Like that was, it was really good for me to see my aunts and cousins. Yeah. I hadn't even met my most, the only cousin I had met at that point was Alex, who's, you know, the oldest one outside of, um, Louise, Jamie and I at that point, um, And she was just a baby when we left. So I met them for the first time. But, you know, we were all very close, you know, especially um, my grandparents, um, my nana and granddad, Martin. And so seeing them again was really sweet to my soul. But 
there was this awareness of like, especially being there and being an adult and seeing things a bit differently, realizing what a huge blessing I had in living in the United States. Um, you know. Yeah, something significant that that happened recently that I didn't I didn't appreciate any of this really, which is was shocking to me after being married to my wife for twenty years. She just recently became a citizen of the United States, and we we didn't put that off for any other reason initially than we were just poor and it was expensive. Mm-hmm. And then we would just kind of we didn't do it because like why do it if she, her green card wasn't being renewed? Which it's like is it like every eight years or six ten. years? Every, every 10, 10 years. years. And so it came up for renewal. And we're like, oh, we're not poor. We should probably, you know, do you want to become a citizen? She wanted to become a citizen. So like, oh yeah, it's like have you become a citizen or whatever. And then like and then when she when like we went for her to get sworn in, which I, I which was stinky here in Nashville because of like still leftover COVID stuff, I couldn't go in. But like Nicola was it was such a big deal to Nicola because for me. Nicola is an American. <laughs> like I met her in America. She's married to me. Like, I don't, you know, like, it's like, yeah, you're an American. But for her, like, she wasn't. She wasn't a citizen. And so, I mean, Nick, you want to, like, why was that such a big deal for you? Um, I mean, you know, I, I just, I wasn't a citizen. It was a, you know, country I lived 31 years in. But, you know, I didn't have the right to vote or, I mean, the biggest things are voting and I don't know that anybody aspires to serve on a jury, but I, you know, couldn't do that either. (laughs) Um, But, you know, you just, it's like, it's not fully being a club member. So (laughs) like a little of an outsider. Yeah. That's cool. That's really neat. So then. It definitely connects, right? It, it yeah. kind of brings it fully in in for you. Where I could see, you, you know, I I could see not being a citizen and not being able to partake of all the things that others around you can partake in, whether you actually want to or not. Just the fact you can't would make you feel disconnected it's a little bit on the outside. So we threw a bash. We threw a big bash. It was right around. I remember. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was right around um, the 4th of July. It was a really big deal to to Nicola to be official before the 4th of July. And it was really kind of a miracle that it worked out. It was a really, yeah, that's experience. cool. Yeah. Was. Woohoo. Yeah. So here she is, full club member of the United States. Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> on that note, let's Does it behoove us to, to the uh, movie transition. I, so, uh, oh, sorry. I no, I just uh, thanks for answering all my questions, Nicola. You're welcome. It was fun. So, <laughs> stepmom, I can we just start with what about stepmom? Um, why did you choose? Like, what about it is nostalgic to you? So we always let our our interviewees choose a movie, and it can be whatever they want. We don't care. And so I'm just curious. You had a couple movies, and both of them I there was, was about. there's a lot that are really like fun or just nostalgic for me um the the toss-up was this and wayne's world which i love wayne's yeah. world i, I don't know totally why completely different well, so i watched both, both great, of them though. this, this yeah. last weekend because i was like well i just need to watch them again but like i love wayne's world but there's there's not a lot of context there like it's just one of those cult movies where it's just it's like fun one movie, stupid yeah. thing after another stupid thing <laughs> mm-hmm. but that's that kind of humor that i love the most which is a little bit embarrassing. I don't know why no, I like that. Great. Inappropriate humor is <laughs> the stuff that actually makes me laugh. Yes. And it it takes a lot. Like, you know, 
don't know, my sense of humor. Like, if you're getting me to laugh out loud, then you've done a good job. Because, <laughs> um, so, so I watched it and it was fun. And I, you know, could quote half the movie, which all my kids that were coming in and out of the room thought was highly annoying. But, um, <laughs> but like, stepmom, so they were just movies. Like, I watched Wayne's World. It's part of the, the movie I've watched the most in my entire life like over and over again. Yeah. Which at this point maybe second to like Harry Potter. But <laughs> um Stepmom I also watched over and over again. I and I think it was just because we had it on VHS. I don't mm-hmm. know that it was no, necessarily we because I was like I love this movie. Like I do love the movie, but like I think I love it as much as I do because I watched it over and over again, but it's just one of those like so I it's can't this- I can't not because of cry. watching it. Yeah. Yeah, like it's just so powerful. Like you feel for Susan Sarandon and Julia Roberts characters both equally. Like you yeah, can they did a see good job. the pull on both sides of like like I can, you know, and even it's interesting because it came out when I was like 18 and I wasn't mm-hmm. a mother yet, but and I don't know if it's because some of the stuff I'd well, gone we through were, with my parents. Had divorced families, I think. But we like I could that. I yeah. could feel the feelings of like the kids and the the women in this story that just made it feel really raw and so it's just one of those like you know makes you feel all the feelings on the outside of you and so i, I think it does a really good job of 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 really honoring the different people in the story in a in a way that doesn't get you to like take sides though yeah. i was really like you want to and then the next scene you you want to yeah, take sides with the other person. I felt. Really, yeah, yeah, that's how I and, felt too. Well, and I really felt too, like when I watched it the other night, maybe it was even last night. Yeah, it was last night. I was like, man, they're like harsh. You know what I mean? Like the girl like over the puppy was all like, why don't we call oh, it yeah. your name? Because it's, yeah. you know what I mean? Like she's just like so <laughs> we'll Call it awful. Isabella. Beg your pardon? Yeah. Well, yes. it kind of looks and smells like you. <laughs> well, and how, how, um, Oh, what is what is her name? Now I can't. I just blanked. The, the pretty actress? woman, the pretty woman mm-hmm. actress, Julia, oh, Roberts. Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts. Roberts yeah. How she responds amazes me that she doesn't. I like. I feel like I'd blow up like oh, almost gosh. every interaction. Yes, she, yeah. She, she just does this look. Watching it as an as like an adult adult that's had kids, and I and I've watched that a couple of times over the years. But like, especially with like adopting kids and like mm-hmm. getting that sense of like you didn't come from me. I'm learning to love you as we grow in this relationship like it was also something that i can now identify with that i can even then and so like i get that like i'm trying so hard and it doesn't matter what i do like you see me as the enemy you know and julie isn't the enemy like i'm actually like as an adult watching it i'm kind of like i give you so much credit for like yeah. getting up in the morning and getting those kids ready for school when they're not your kids yeah. you've only been dating the guy a year and he's like off at work and like you're doing it i would and have been she like genuinely cares like kids. that's what yeah comes yeah. across yeah. you really can feel yeah. it which is why her. you kind of want to root for her most of the movie yeah. but then well i think the part that turns it around that you is is that susan Sarandon has these moments where like she can see that she's in the wrong and has this reflection mm-hmm. And then maybe she offer like a little bit of grace or kindness. And then well, obviously at the very end, she does in a powerful way that that makes yeah. you want to. Yeah, lose well, all well and Susan Sarandon's character, too, to me, is like the epitome of mother. 
You know what yeah. I mean? She even and even though she has loathing or complicated feelings for Julia Roberts' character, she's still gracious and and decently fair, like to the kids, especially yeah, like when they're like, "Oh, scene. I hate her," and she's like, "Well, that's not fair to say that." Yeah, or even like the boy on the horses is like, "Well, I'll hate her if you want me to." Oh, that I feel like yeah, I, I think that's when like, she was oh. like, "What am I doing?" Yeah, like, exactly. Like she's such this. exactly. Yeah, those well, moments. She like, is older, like, right? So I feel like that. I feel like that that some of that wisdom they try to bring out as the movie carries on yeah she maybe becomes i i don't know i feel like the casting was really well done like i feel like the the actors and actors yeah they're just incredible it's flawless it's really flawless the thing too this time watching it last night which really i was not prepared for it's interesting how you can watch a movie that you've seen a ton and then see it a different time and it hit you so much different because you know i lost my mom two years ago to cancer and so Mm. oh my gosh that aspect of the movie just murdered me last night when i was watching Mm -hmm. it and and susan sarandon i don't know nick you can disagree with me or not but susan sarandon looks a lot like my mom you know there's a similarity to their facial features the sharp nose skinny face kind eyes like she looks a lot like my mom so it was really just oh it was like killing me yeah so it pulled uh, a little bit at those grief it was really triggering yeah it was really triggering like that whole like confronting losing death and of course you know i was an adult uh as my mom faced cancer most you know every time she faced cancer she did three times um it was all you know in our adult years but so different yeah <clears throat> well i think that that's uh, you know a sign of not not to ignore what you just said i do hear you and i i realized that would would be tough, especially seeing a movie that reminds you of your mom. But, mm-hmm. but I think that's what you know makes movies really interesting, interesting and kind of timeless. Is when they can hit you in different ways emotionally, Absolutely. right? Where they pull yeah. you in that way. Um, yeah. I I do have a question that I want to ask. So let me kind of set this up a little bit. This is with the dad, and I can't remember any one of their names. Uh, do you remember what the the, the dad actor. i don't remember his name isn't it or ed maybe, harris maybe. well yeah, yeah ed, that's right you know what ed harris is so ed harris i'll use ed yeah. yeah i can't remember i don't either but ed harris um was talking i think to his son and and they were talking about uh how ed was explaining to his son how oh, they the just fell yeah. yeah is that where and he was telling we just yep. fell out of love yeah, and then the son asked, "Well, are you going to fall out of love with can you, me? Yeah, can you or fall kids? out of love with your kids? With yes, kids. Yeah. thank you. Can you fall out of love?" <laughs> and Ed, Ed said something like, "No, I can never fall out of love with my kids." So the question I have is, why can you fall out of love with your spouse? Like, why could he let fall, but not? out of love with your kids what's so like what's different i i just when i I heard that i just thought about it i was like i don't what is different well like what why is one you can and one wouldn't happen honestly like being a mother and and it feels complicated to say this but like when watching that scene now i'm like Mm -hmm. you're lying you're lying to your little boy like That's what because I there are too. plenty of parents that have a line of like you did this as far as and, you mean and it's not even like kids. I don't love you yeah. anymore. Like there's yeah. a line it's like my love's unconditional. Uh, not but the love either. changes, right? But, Where like you have to make a boundary, right? Mm. Because like maybe you have a drug addict for a kid and you try to help them so many times and you have to just like 
walk away from that relationship because you're not helping it any. And like the only way that they're going to figure something out is by hitting their rock bottom. But there's a part of you that has to like kind of shut that off. So you're not constantly being hurt by that relationship. So I I think he answered the way he did because his kid was so young and he's trying to reassure him, like, I'm not going to leave you. But like in reality, like, I think that can happen, you know? Well, I mean, any relationship that's not attended to the closeness. But I mean, come on, you're not ever going to not love your kids. I think the, I, I think the notion yeah, of romance. Well, for me, I, I mean, I've, I read a lot of, like, timepiece books. And there's mm-hmm. definitely a culture, especially in, you know, the early 1900s of, like, this is what we do. And if you don't do this, then I'm disowning you. And, like, right. you're... You're gone. Like I've I've read a lot of those books lately. I, I think he's you know, like, speaking, you marry the wrong person, like you're dead to me. I think the dad is speaking to the idea of of romantic love. Yeah. Because he even yeah. says that I mean at, in the other well, scene, he says it's a different kind of love. Well, right. But I mean, even though like they stood by Susan Sarandon's character and there was I think one of the things that I really appreciated about the depiction of the relationship, and I think it's a really nice thing that that Hollywood did in this film was really encourage a connectedness and a love, which you don't see a lot in divorcing partners, right? Because for people to feel justified to leaving the relationship, they really have to make the other person a horrible, bad object to justify breaking the yeah. promise. You know, especially yeah, I, when people I think it's really, complicated for them. Like you see it, yeah. you see both. Like they obviously, like, you know, when she threat when she threatens with the lawyers after they yeah. lose the yeah. boy, like you said, we promised we'd never do that. You know, like they right. obviously have talked about those things, but at the same time, you still see like she is hurt. very much still hurt that yeah, he definitely that he left. Right. And she definitely feels abandoned by him. Yeah. Right. Um I, I want to stick with him for a little bit more. Yeah. Um uh and I have kind of two other questions with him because he was I guess the part of the movie where I kind of had a hard time, like I could get her. He wasn't both there the, as much. Yeah. He was harder for me to figure out. Cause I feel yeah, like it was it a lesser character in the kinda, show. I, I mean, I, he did it great. Like his character was needed. I really enjoyed how they did, but some of it was confusing. So you, you were, I think just mentioning some of this Nicola, but at one point they're in the restaurant and he's telling Susan Sarandon, I'm going to marry Julie Roberts. Yeah. And that scene was really powerful because Susan Sarandon just breaks down. It's like, well, what did why she say? Like, why she asked, why wasn't she, I enough? Like, yeah. why, no, she asked though. She said, why would this be different? Like, why is this going to be different? Yeah. I think she asked, which is a really probing question. Like, so, why are you going to make it work with her and not make it work with you? You didn't yeah. like it work with me. Yeah. And carrying on from what he just said, right? So there's, there's kind of this like, this train of things that he does that doesn't really make sense where he has this conversation with his son, not that anything I like, I'm not criticizing what he did. I'm just, it just made me think like, what, what does that mean? And then he has this interaction with Susan Strandon later where she asks a really, like you can see she has some trauma there. Like you can see that there's something and who we don't really exactly know what happened. But you can see there's pain there for sure. And that's a real betrayal trauma response that we see a lot of times where there's questions like that. Like, why am I not enough? Or I'm not pretty enough? Or I don't have the right things? And so it kind of makes me guess, who knows, right? Maybe he did something. But anyways, 
So you have that. And then this third part, and then I'll let you guys talk about it. But this third part is when he proposes to Julia Roberts. And this was like the, so this third part just kind of was like the icing on the cake for me where I was like, what? I don't like, what are you saying? And so when he proposes, he does this long line of, of like this dialogue of how important it is to not break the string. And I'm, yeah, I, to you stay know, attached. Yeah. I think is the point but, he's making. but he, he, I think like, it's about his own, his own desire to repent. Like they, they kind of insinuate in a couple places that he worked a ton, that he just was never around. And so they grew yeah, apart over the years. Right. And so you I know, think, yeah, so how will that not roles. repeat? That's what I think was confusing to me is he's saying these things and it seems like he's maybe learned something, yeah, but I think then it's realized, not like, really I don't want to, I don't want to repeat the same mistake. I don't want to fall this into is, detachment or distance. But he still works a ton and he's always gone. So like what right. is, and that's kind of my question is, you know, we do learn. That's the whole point. Like none of us are perfect. We all stumble. We all you know, are learning constantly. Um, but then how easy is it to kind of just fall back into those habits, especially in relationships yeah. where it's like you have yeah. a disagreement, you, you work through something, yeah. and then you kind of just fall back into doing well, I, what your I spouse think, asked you not I to do. I think the thing that complicates yeah. it is like, is the children, right? Like, so mm. I think him dating her, you know, she's a professional, he's a professional, yeah. they do their job. When it's just them, it's just them. And it's like, yeah, you have to work. Like sometimes mm-hmm. I have to work extra hours. And so it's easy. Yeah. But when the kids get brought into the factor and she tries to play this like stepmother role, you know, or leading up to that, um, then it, it's not so cut and dry. And it and it becomes very apparent, like, I mean, at least the way the movie portrays it, I feel like she spends more time with his kids than he spends with them. Absolutely. Yeah, and definitely. so it, it does. But I just think that like, was the focus of the movie. I mean, yeah, I and it, it might have just been it might have just been that. But um But that's what's really fascinating is that Julia. But Roberts even the daughter character. is like, you know, you're not here. Like she accuses right. him yeah. even like Yeah. You know, and you're the one that walked out. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you don't walk out on your mother and know that's yeah. your job. That, yeah, yeah, that brutal, scene dude. where that was she brutal. was like really and, and she said something something rude about Susan Sarandon, right? And then she said that to when the, she got when she got cancer. Well, she accused her yeah, of lying because right. she was trying wasn't, to push away. That's right. Sad. Yeah, she, she was upset that her mom wasn't <laughs> honest about where she was with her health. So yeah. so the daughter's feeling betrayed by mom, who was like, you know, the solidarity. And then, of course, dad standing up for mom, which I thought it was interesting, too, when the daughter takes a stab at the dad. Fair enough. But Susan Sarandon was conciliatory towards him. Like almost there was more to the relationship just than him stepping out like that. To me, her nonverbal hand on his chest when she goes up the stairs is like an affirmation of there's more to this than you just worked all the time and stepped out of the relationship. She's trying to comfort him. Yeah, which I thought was just, which I thought I really liked, again, like I said, the richness of the maturity of them having a mature admiration for each other, because they're both really beloved characters, you know what I mean? Even though if dad's like a rich working all the time guy, they're still beloved. And and Ed Harris had a very genuineness about him in the portrayal of the role. And so I thought it was really mature that they, you know, were trying to kind of figure that out. And of course... You know, Susan Sarandon is kind of painted in this movie as not having a lot of other supports. And here she is at the end of life and they're all with her in the home. 
and all of that is yeah. very just rich and gracious and I don't know. I just think it's really significant well, in how they portrayed that. I think so too. And I think that kind of going back to what you said earlier, Nicola, that that it it is it's an interesting movie how they pull you, like they really pull you yeah, back and forth with these characters. characters. And with Susan Sarandon, you know, she she really has a lot of anger. Yeah. And yeah. and and that anger, I really think is just it's just feelings of inadequacy, feelings of hurt, feelings of pain that is coming out in anger. But it's really interesting because she makes these comments like, why wasn't I enough? Or why yeah, couldn't we Yeah, she feels like she's being replaced. Yeah. With someone younger, with younger and prettier. And right. yet, just like you mentioned, John, she still, even in this pain, comforts this man yeah. that she felt like, yeah, well, I wasn't she's the enough super for mother. You. Well, it's, she's the yeah, super it's mother. Really it's kind of, really, it's, 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 it's there's remarkable. There's times where like, it's like, man, you just want to be like, what the heck, Susan Strandon character? Like, that's, you're being an a-hole. But there's times where that, where it's like, you really see how much care she, and I think it's just a great, and I'm sorry, I'm talking so much, but I think it's a great example of life and of us. Yeah. How yeah. often do we get pulled back and forth and, and our true self struggles to come out at times so maybe we are short maybe we do get irritable maybe we aren't as well nice, they're savage that's not who we really are i mean they're savage to each other and i mean well, like I we all identified too well yeah but like we all identified there were different lines that man if those were delivered to me in a family setting i would have blown yeah, out i would have been nuclear. upset <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> Nicola, I'm really curious though, in you picking this movie, what I'm I'm curious to hear what you identified with, especially watching this last week, which you gave a little bit of an echo to, but like what was it that um that you know you loved about this movie or do you identify with as a mom or woman with the show? I mean, I think initially watching it, it was more of that um that just that complicated uh, you know, with with the divorce and the I, just the just like the you related to it as like, a kid, or like what was it that you related to most? Do you think? Um, no, I don't know. Like maybe, well, just both of the women, even even then, even now, like in different ways. But the, you know, maybe some of that is because you know some of the rejection issues I've struggled with over the years. But like the idea of like. Um, not being good enough, like they both feel that way. Yeah, both characters feel that way. Well, everybody, everybody, everybody doesn't feel good enough. That's what's so great about the movie that we don't take anybody's side, right? Feeling, feeling rejected, right? Like she, Mm. Susan Sarandon feels rejected. Um, like he left. Mm. No, Julia Roberts is trying really hard, but she feels definitely rejected by the kids, especially the daughter, and and. And definitely even the mom, the, like the mom is making it even harder than it needs to be. But that's just about her insecurity. The Ed Harris character. Do you remember like in the beginning when, when, what did he, there was a scene where um, he said something to her like, oh, you can't handle the kids or whatever. Like they're, he they're, they're a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, uh, I'll get the sitter or whatever when he was going to be out of town. And her boss at work was like always criticizing her and not having faith, but then she would turn out this great work. You know, I yeah. I think you're right on, Nicola. I think it, there are definitely these strong themes that I think are true for us in life. Yeah. And so that's e- what even though at you. that point in time I hadn't been a mom, just that idea of like that feeling of of rejection, like mm. it just hits you. Like if you've 
ever felt any of the feelings that are highlighted in that mm-hmm. movie, which there's so many of them, mm-hmm. then you can empathize and it just strikes a core like, yeah, you know, and I, I think some of the best movies are the ones that like you can identify the feelings of the character that just pulls it out of you and and just the unfairness of it just being you know like it's so unfair that susan sarandon knows she's gonna die and that she has poured her whole life into those kids and now she has to hand them over to another woman who's replaced her to raise like that's devastating Mm -hmm. you know and even in that that end scene where you know they're having this heart to heart and they're talking about their fears and she's like you know my fear julia roberts says you know my fear is that like on her wedding day she'll just say i wish i wish my mom was here Mm -hmm. and that susan sarandon says in mine is that she won't you know they both want that um and but like i can feel for both those characters in that situation like you know like you want like you do like as a mother you pour everything into your kids and you want them you want the best for them but you know you want that connection with them and so um the idea of being replaced or pushed away or rejected or not being able to participate that you know is like you know, it's like putting your whole life's work into something for it well, for it to come up not. And you know? isn't it crazy for us? Like, I think the movie does this great, just like you're saying, Nicholas, is that in life, it's it's those feelings of we just want to be wanted. We want yeah. to be yeah. accepted. And it's yeah. those that rule our life that that cause us to act in ways that really isn't who we are. Like Susan yeah. Brandon really isn't a mean person. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's evident. Well, and, and I think yeah. it I just think brings what, the worst out of her because she's does. so desperate in mm-hmm. the fear of losing. Exactly. That. I, 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 I don't want her to be thing. cooler than me and hit right. me. Like when when the daughter puts on the lipstick, like you can tell it really pushes a button. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm well, gonna then she goes and buys cool the Pearl Jam tickets, right? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which yeah, was like, I've, classic. I'm like, whoa, that was hard. They don't want to be. They don't want to be replaced. Like they so, both want yeah. a part in, in and and none of us lives. do, right? We yeah. want that so much in life. And I love that about this movie is how accurate it portrays uh, you know, so, how we so are accurate. in life. Like it, you know, it, the good yeah, and the illustrates bad. <laughs> the feelings like so yes. well. I think the thing that really makes this movie beloved and really draws you in is that though there are a lot of these savage moments. Um, where there's a pain or poking or hurt or attacking, they all they all do. I think every character, save the boy, has a scene where they do that. The thing is that I think draws makes this movie great is the repair that yeah. happens in all the relationships, and the repair is so subtle. Like at, at the end, to me, the real the real triumph of the movie is just the subtle line. Where Susan Saran is like, okay, now yeah. one with the whole family. Yeah. yeah, the picture at the end is really. And wonderful. she puts her hand on her, you know. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, yeah, they they touch it's each this other. Right. Acceptance. Well, and this beautiful thing of like, like I realize I need you. Yeah. Like what a horrible thing is that? I'm I'm divorced and dying, and I'm going to embrace and empower. 
the younger replacement. You know what I mean? It's it's so gracious and so raw and so real. And I think that's really what the movie does is it does all these repairs really well. Like I love the Ed Harris scene too, where he comes over and he's like, don't do this thing with the lawyers. You know what I mean? And there's this, and it ends in tension, you know, like mm-hmm. it's not sweet, but it's, but it's really gracious, you know? And she says like, you know, I'll give you one more chance, but I don't even think she means that. It's just kind of like, yeah, you're right. This is the better way to do this. Yeah. You know? And, and they're just moving forward with like, we're going to be, gracious towards one another in this family unit that we're trying to figure out you know well, what i mean isn't it so crazy also that it, the thing that was so scary to susan sarandon once she embraced and connected with that scary person the one that she felt like there was so much healing there now i mean it, it's not going to heal the cancer i think it but took, at least she found, i think it took the cancer comfort. for her to get this like i think if she right. hadn't been like the her tri- life mm-hmm. wasn't online like i think it, like maybe she would have eventually gotten there, but I think it would have taken years. And it it was like it took this life threatening thing for her to be like, I I can't keep playing out this like stupid back and forth. Like like yeah. ultimately it came down to I want what's best for my kids. Yeah. And if I'm not gonna be around, I need this relationship to be good between the two of you. Otherwise, like she's not going to be able to help you as a stepmom. Right. You're not going to want to listen to anything she has to say, and and then you're left with no one. Well, and I and deep down I know like she's not a bad person. Right. I just well, don't like the fact being like I'm being replaced. replaced right, but like if I can empower you to take care of my daughter, and she looked at that, I think instead of like, I need you to watch over my babies. Well, and like, I think she one of let that go. one of the. Th- one of the things that plays out with that too is one of the most emotionally mature things I've ever heard someone say. There was a case in in our work. Um, you know, part of our work can sometimes involve adoption. It used to our agency used to do a lot more adoption work years ago, but I heard um, a adoptive mom uh, answering questions for pre-adoptive parents that were expressing fear and shame and concern about never being embraced as the parents and negotiating as an adoptive parent a fear of letting an adopted child have or nurture or like an uh, open adoption a relation yeah relationship with the biological parents and the adoptive mom was so gracious and so mature um, because the biological grandparents were very involved even more so than the biological mom was involved and she talked about the relationship and negotiating like they went on vacations with the biological grandparents to like disney world as a as an adoptive family with the kids and the rule that the adopted mom had because they adopted a second child that was not the biological child uh the same biological grandparents of the first kid and she said, you know, my only rule is, is that you've got to also, if you're going to love our oldest, that's your biological grandkid, you also have to be a grandparent to our other adopted kids or our other kids that come along the way. And like, there was a question about like, how could you do that? Or how could you not be afraid of that? And she was so mature. And I think it really reflects this theme in this show with Susan Sarandon and a good thing that's happening with julia roberts character being another role model it was like the the bio the adopted mom said why would i not want more people that love and want to care for my kids like why would i 
limit the opportunity for them to have additional relational resources to tap into. Like that would be silly. Like, like my kid's not, she didn't say this, but my kid's not a possession. You know, my kid's a person. And if somebody is good and they love my kid, why would I not want that person in the life of my kid? Sure. You know? And it's just, and I think that that's one of the things that, you know, Susan Sarandon is the epitome of like wisdom in a classic mom. But there were some things that Julia Roberts really brought to the table that were important, you know, and 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 interesting and and good for her kids, you know. Yeah, yeah, great point. I I love I love that perspective. I <clears throat> I think for me, um, uh, something that really jumps out to me is it, it's you know we have these emotions, these feelings of inadequacy, feelings of you know, wanting to be accepted, these fears that we won't, fears that we are inadequate. And it's those emotions that prevent us from, you know, that prevent us from sharing. And instead we criticize or we get upset or we get angry or we judge or blame. And what's so beautiful about this movie is that it's them actually sharing those emotions that yeah. heals and, and, and states. And so it's like, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy where we have these fears and when we don't share them, yeah. we do start to distance. Like right. the family was falling apart and they were all distancing and they were all feeling inadequate. Yeah. And so just sharing that. And I love how but they the also all are really gracious. That. They're all really gracious and kind of hold on and let some things go too. Cause everybody kind of has a savage moment and they don't get stuck on it. They don't get harped on it. They don't harp on it, even though it's, it's really tough. So I love that the movie highlights the moving forward aspects sure. of relationships versus getting stuck on what could be seen as the unrecon unrecon unreconcilable trauma or attachment injuries, which I think is really cool that all the characters have kind of a gracious yeah. way of moving forward, which isn't which is a tall order, you know what I mean? But they all do it and I think it's a really important thing that's portrayed there, you know. Nicola We'll turn it over to you and you can share. So we hear kind of John's, what he, it sounds like his favorite pull from the We All Week. I think we all have different, a bunch of favorite pulls, but kind of my favorite part, maybe you can share what you feel like was what you got out of the movie or kind of your, the theme that you enjoyed the most. And, and uh, then we'll all have had a chance to. I, I just, I mean, it's just how it wraps up for me. Like, you mm -hmm. know, seeing this push and pull and like, they're both kind of trying, but, you know, having a hard time, you know, um, especially as Susan Sarandon has to like secretly start relying on yeah. um, Julia Roberts more because of the doctor's appointments and stuff. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and then, you know, Julia Roberts figures it out because <laughs> she is paying attention. Um. But that, you know, when they're at that dinner together and they're sharing what their fears are that, you know, Susan Sarandon says, you know, like, it's okay, like, I can have their past and you can have their future. Yeah. You know, like, we can be partners in this together. And that, to me, is just something, like, so beautiful, you know, that, like, in society today, like, we we often live in a culture where we're comparing and trying to one up or be better. Yeah. Like all the time, like trying to be better instead of like, how can we come together and like be Compliment. supportive and yeah. be united, you know, like, you know, even like politically with, you know, like race and, you know, 
gender identity and everything, everything is pulling apart and, you know, being defensive. And, but, you know, in that moment to be like, what really is best for these children is for us to come together and piece this together and love them together. And, you know, that is just a true principle that you can apply to anything in life. Like coming together, like maybe I don't understand, you know, what it's like to be a black person, but like, can I, can I come together with black people and be supportive and, and love them and, and, and be helpful? Like, absolutely. I can do that, you know, or, you know, or anyone else that's struggling with something like, can I meet you where you're at and be supporting and loving? Can we come together? And and that like it really solidifies with that last scene, yeah. you know, like with the family photo, like, like you know, and we don't know how long she lives after Christmas. Like she mm-hmm. might have been around for a while. Like we don't know, but you know, from that moment on, she's essentially saying like, like we're a team instead of being enemies and trying to pull apart and trying to win. Yeah, yeah. natural enemies. Of we're coming together as women to be united together, and that. You know, that's something really beautiful. There was um, years ago when I was, uh, when John was going to BYU, Idaho, I took some institute classes. I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't enrolled in the university, but I just took an institute class like one, one night a week. And um, the teacher there, she was absolutely fantastic. She was a woman that had gotten married later on in life and it was her first marriage and she was marrying if I remember right, um, the person she married, he had several children and I think his wife had passed away. Hmm. Um, I don't think it was divorce. I think that, you know. Yeah, I remember this. Yeah. It was and she she talked about being a mother to those kids in that situation. And, you know, just that beautiful idea of like, you know, there is another woman connected to this family that birthed these children that, you know, partially raised them. And I'm here to help continue in that for their well-being like this you know even though the other the other mother was you know had had passed on there was this this sense the way she talked about it the sense of this partnership that she felt in you know continuing on caring for these children you know um, that didn't have a mother anymore and I just was really struck with like it takes it takes a great strength of character to be that person. Like she wasn't the first wife. She wasn't the mother of any of those children biologically, but she like beautifully fit into that role and, and accepted it with grace and, you know, and, and wanted to do that because it was good and right. And, you know, like she's not replacing their mother. She's another person to love them, you know? And I think, you know, if we think about that in, in life more like, this is not a competition. This is just another person that can add good. Yeah. You know, it's like, a how can you add more good connection? To this? Not, yeah. not a competition, right? Yeah. Yeah. So well, I think, you know, that's what highlights it for me is just that, that dynamic. That's Which awesome. is why she's our best interviewee. <laughs> I, it was fun, Nicola. I really enjoyed you uh, giving us time and, and letting me ask you tons of questions. Yeah. <laughs> I I fun. had fun and and uh the movie was a lot of fun to talk about too. Thanks so much for being our guest. You're welcome. Yes. I feel like Thanks I should for having see, me. 
be our okay. guests now. We should definitely <laughs> do. We should definitely do uh, another one and talk about Wayne's World so that the you silly and appropriate side. Wayne's no, World. you should be on it. Oh, I can. So I don't can know what I'm like. All... Like, what questions are they? Possibly gonna ask. Oh, about we can this. always oh, find there's something always to talk stuff. about. Yeah. There's always, there's always stuff. Stuff. <clears throat> I love well, the world, so I, I, yeah, that would be fun. We could definitely do it. Well, thanks for being our best interview yeah. guest ever. <laughs> it, it was a lot of fun. I do appreciate thanks. it. Adios, everyone. <laughs>